So we're back. I felt compelled to start up again. Um, I've gotten a lot of great feedback on season one, and everybody who was listening and who gave me that feedback, I'm very appreciative. Uh, I'm going to do this one solo. So I want to start off right from the top with an apology. Uh, If you kept up with me and the show and you have been awaiting more content, I'm sorry it took so long. If you've been disappointed in me because you thought this was a pop-up podcast, here today, gone tomorrow, I apologize for that too. Just I want to uh, reach out and uh, reconnect with all you again because I've been I've been going deep. I've been I've been turning inward rather than outward, um, and I have reasons, but you know. So next time I'll be I'll be talking with Chad. Um, and we're going to actually explore different types of formats uh, than we did previously. Uh, I feel I owe every, everyone an ex- explanation on my absence. So fatherhood has taken me away from my usual routine. But, you know, and that's part of it. Uh, that's not the whole picture. And I, I hope to explore the whole picture uh, on this episode. I, I think it's the existential dread I feel in our current political climate to make things kind of dark, you know. <laughs> I pulled the lever on creating a new life with my son, and we all have an uncertain future. So is it guilt? Perhaps. Um, but I haven't put much of anything out into the world in 2018. I've been, you know, doing the usual fatherhood things. Now, now family life is really good. I'm, I'm doing great. My main job is going well as well, my, my teaching. You know, having two children is as hard as you would expect it to be, but there's really no complaints on the family front, so that's good. But I'm also just not talking about Trump anymore. Uh, not just on the podcast, but like even in my private interactions, people will come up to me and say, did you hear what happened today? And, and I'm just, I, not like I, I'm, I'm rude to them, but I, I just like, oh, really, that's happening. And it's not uh, the same as it was last year. I've thought a lot about why that is. And I think I have some idea. So I try to conduct myself a certain way. Perhaps a way that's an attempt to be honest. I'm not honest all the time. I don't think anyone really is. It's really hard to do that, but I try to, and I try to be ethical in my dealings with other people. Putting my ideas into a public setting such as this podcast holds me accountable to the idea that I have to run my life by a certain ethic. So I expect that from others as well. So if someone I talk to, uh, I talk about doesn't follow certain societal norms, there's an understandable amount of ridicule that can be thrown their way. And, you know, we have pretty good reason. When you find out that a celebrity has an extramarital affair, you feel at liberty to talk about it with other people, even though you know it's none of your business. So I guess you hold people up to a certain ethical standard yourself, whether you can admit that or not. So a person's actions define who they are morally And society calls these actions normal or abnormal due to many factors like, say, 
Judeo-Christian values, the laws we follow in this country, and as a civilization, we've built up these ideas over many, many thousands of years, and they change and they, they do evolve, but, you know, certain things, you know, thou shalt not kill, you know, uh, do not lie, do not uh, covet your, na- your neighbor's possessions, so... I want to take you down an analogy. So when when you conduct yourself ethically, you try to have ethical conversations. And a debate with someone with a differing viewpoint is sort of like a game like tetherball. Okay. I'm I'm exploring a tetherball analogy on this episode. So uh, (laughs) we'll see how it goes. So you remember tetherball in grade school. There's a pole and a rope with the ball attached to it, and you hit it back and forth, and whoever gets the ball to wrap all the way around the pole in their direction wins that game. Well, now imagine that the pole is logos, and I'm saying L-O-G-O-S, and that's not like the McDonald's logo. It's deeper than that. It's the root of reason. If you're religious, you can say it's the word of God spoke at the beginning of time and that the Big Bang was that first utterance and it took us 14 billion years afterwards to actually come to a state of consciousness. It's the undeniable nature of the universe which creates habitable order from the vast expanse of chaos. So sit with that for a second. You don't have to believe it. But I do, and I think that as a society, we behave as though that's true. So it's the ability of the spoken word to change the very nature of reality as well. So it bends. So say, for instance, a thousand years ago, what's true? Well, the Earth's flat. Now, that idea hasn't gone away, but it's on the fringes. It was believed that that's the nature of truth. And in that sense... Once we become informed, that nature of truth can change, right? And it's that fluid nature of reality that can be taken advantage of and called into question, you know, based on evidence, perhaps, or maybe just based on intuition. I believe that you mess with the logos at your very peril. Just as a fifth grader wouldn't be able to bend a metal pole, and I just said that it's fluid, but stay with me here. As human beings, we cannot bend the nature of reality. And when we do so, it snaps back at us, and it deals an oftentimes fatal blow, or at least it damages us. I think I can almost testify to that. So the ball is the spoken word. So you have your tetherball pole, right? And you have the ball. And that's what you speak. That's your action that you put forth in the world. And the rope is its relationship to reality. Your words spoken have a relationship to reality. And they're tethered to it. An individual's word is inexorably linked to the nature of reality. When two sides have a debate, it's a game where one person utters a series of words tied to the immovable nature of truth. And the other side counter-argues with another idea. It goes back and forth until one side racks up enough thoughts that align with reality, and we have a winning idea. So let's, 
and this is really bad to compare the Cold War and World War II with the game of tetherball, but follow me here. There was clearly an idea that won and an idea that lost. You can say it came down to firepower. But let's say that National Socialism in Germany lost to a different idea. It actually lost, you can argue, to communism. And you can very reasonably say the Russians won that. So it came down to the Cold War. And there was this idea of communism versus this idea of capitalism. And in the Cold War, which I lived through the tail end of, communism lost that game. And it lost for a lot of reasons. If you want to find out, you know, you can read the Gulag Archipelago and see what kind of hell you can create on Earth when your ideology is bad. One position in the game, it, it could be a single person, but it could also be like a, a, a group of people with the same opinion who offer up a similar argument. The other side offers a counter-argument until a conclusion is reached. So if I'm debating, say, like an older conservative on the merits of Reaganomics, I can usually trust that the debate will be fact-based and that the game will be played fairly. There's an agreement on that game and that we're going to respect each other's ideas even though we may differ. And we walk away maybe more informed and perhaps with a different perspective on the other's position. That's the game I like to play, and I think it's the game that people usually like to play. My point is the, the poll, you don't question its reality. You don't question that it's there. And the rules of the game are respected. And so is the other player. What's going on today is not that game. In the case of Trump and his fawning sycophants, the game has no basis in logic. And that's just supposed to be okay. The pole isn't fixed to the ground. The ball isn't tied to anything. Any attempt you make at playing the usual game is called fake news. And they're lobbing insults and changing the game into dodgeball. And they call you a snowflake if you complain about it. So you say, okay, we can play dodgeball. So you hit them back. And they cry foul and say the game's not fair. We're supposed to be playing tetherball. So you're, let me ask you, like, how much of that would you take? How much of this insanity would you take? when the playground is utter chaos and the bully you're trying to play against is also the principal. You'd probably sit off to the sidelines with the other kids and complain about the situation, but the new nades are listening. They're recording your conversation. That's why a form of free ideas, quote unquote, like Facebook isn't free at all from interference like Cambridge Analytica. So I'm not even posting about politics anymore. I'm posting about benign stuff because you're being monitored, man. So I'm numb. At first I was disappointed, but that's, that's gone. That's in the past. Our president, he's not a normal human being. I said before, and you can look up a blog I wrote called The Art of Dealing with Trump Before the Election. Uh, I was kept on saying he's crazy. Now, that's not such an unpopular opinion. That was pretty unpopular back then. You're just like, oh, this is partisan politics. No, 
he has shown himself in word and deed to be utterly unethical and just that, crazy. There's nothing else for me to say about him. Should I talk about Stormy Daniels? Should I have a special episode on Stormy Daniels? Should I feign shock and act sickened at his... Of course he cheated on his wife with a porn star. Of course he did. We knew we hadn't, he had no problem before the election. On the Axis Hollywood tape, you knew that he actively was trying, at least, at the very least, trying and failing to cheat on his wife. Should I point out the hypocrisy of his evangelical base? They're serving their master. It's not now at this point, and that you could talk about that. It's not shocking at all. They're stuck in the same sick game he's playing. It's not, you know, Trump's a big disappointment. What are you talking about? Are you high? Trump's a disappointment? Trump's being Trump. A disappointment was if he acted like an ethical human being. A, he's sort of an animal-human hybrid who acts only on impulse. You know, a snake slithers, a dog barks, and Trump does Trump-like things. So you sit there on the playground. Let's go back to the analogy. Hoping to play the same game you played last year, but this is a different game altogether. It's, a, it's like a postmodern game. The rules can be changed, ignored, or thrown out altogether. So forget about fair play. There may not even be a school next year. So I'm sitting at the pathological, chaotic, pseudo-game, but I'm not crying about it. No. I'm on the sidelines doing push-ups and doing my homework. I'm setting my house in order. I'm studying the history of Russia because you need to know your enemy. I'm starting locally, and by locally I mean with myself. I may have notions of changing the climate of global politics, but I'm starting at the level of the individual. And I've come to believe that the individual is the most powerful thing on earth. So you're networked to so many people. And whatever situation you're in, you can make things better or you can make things way worse. You don't even have to go far to think about that. You see it on the news. You see it in school shootings. So if you voted for Trump because you couldn't see going the other way, look, I think I get it. I finally get it. I really do. We all, but we all need to admit one thing, that things are way worse now. And it's not because of CNN. Things are not going the way we want them to. If they're not going that way, how are you responsible for it? And I really want you to ask yourself that question, because I have. What did you buy into that was a false narrative? So if you're a nihilistic 4chan anime Nazi that just wanted to watch the world burn, great. You happy that King Troll won? Great, congrats, you're still pathetic. Have you set your house in order? Are you making things better for yourself and everyone else? It matters. It, it always mattered. And it matters now more than ever. The world is on fire, and it's my fault and all of yours, too. Recognize it and do something about it. The salvation of the individual is the salvation of the world. We let it get this bad. Now, do your part to make it better. Yeah, this is a lecture. You never knew. <laughs> you didn't know it was going to go that way, huh? And I can't do it for you. 
I'm not going to build the socialist utopia in a single generation. I can set my life up to make it as good as it can be. I can stay in my domain of competence and make myself the best teacher, father, and husband that I can be. So that's my new kick. There's nothing that shocks me in Trumpistan anymore. His distractions are predictable now. They're old, and so is he. He's old. The outrage factory is closed on this end. Now I have faith in the process. So he's not going to answer to the other players on the school ground, but he is going to have to answer to the poll. History will deal with him. The Logos pays back what's been extracted, and the toll is paid by everybody who engages in bending the nature of reality. Individuation is the way forward. For each and every person to own the situation that they're in and to take the appropriate steps forward. I don't see any other way. I really don't. I've thought about it a lot. Corruption brought us here because we let corruption in for many years. The answer from the last election has resulted in even more corruption. Are you blind? You don't see that? Fix yourself before the whole ship goes down. A wiser, stronger, and better informed electorate is the answer. The consequences will be felt in this tax plan. And you geniuses, you allowed it in. Enjoy it. We all need to sort ourselves out. That's what I see. I have hope that enough people know this by now and have woken up. Things have gone so far south that I fear the course correction will lead to a different type of hell. And I want to talk about that in future episodes because things have gone so right that they're going to... I feel the counter to the left is going to be monumental. So I just wanted to explain my position on things. I think it's good to be back in... Uh, this is like bloodletting. Like, I, I, there's the corrupt part, I think, in my soul that needed to, to get released. Does that make sense? You know, things are good. It's good to be back. We're going to go a different direction. I think that uh, you can come to your own conclusions. Really, you can come to your own conclusions about what's going on politically. But I think you should read some books. I think you should read Crime and Punishment by Dostoevsky. Because it shows you what happens even when you get away with it, that you don't really get away with it. So, on that front, thanks for listening. I hope to bring you more content, content very soon. And take care. Be good to each other. Bye. Bye.